the State of Florida Sports Podcast, presented by the USA Today Network. Here's your host, Tim Walters. a Chicago Cubs fan since the first time I tuned into WGN and heard Harry Carey and Steve Stone calling a game way back in 1987. A player named Vance Law had hit a three-run homer that won the game for the Cubs, and Harry lost his mind as he would become famous for, it might be, it could be, it is. Well, nearly 30 years after my fandom began, the Cubs won the World Series in 2016, breaking a 108-year championship drought that included a curse of a goat and a guy named Steve Bartman. One of the people who had a significant impact on that series was catcher David Ross, the KG vet that helped the team win and then rode off into the sunset with a title. The now Cubs manager, David Ross, will be joining me shortly to talk about the upcoming spring training, the World Series win, how he's become a fan of the Polar Plunge, and really anything else I can think to ask him. Hello again, everybody. I'm Tim Walters, and thank you once again for joining me on the State of Florida Sports Podcast, powered by the USA Today Network. This podcast utilizes our Florida Sports Network of beat writers, columnists, and some special guests to bring up to speed on the most important sports topics. Our Florida Network consists of 17 news sites that encompass the state. We encourage you to subscribe to your hometown newspaper and, of course, this podcast to help support the incredible journalism done by our talented staffs. I couldn't be more excited to have David Ross here, so let's get right to it with him. Hey, David, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being here. Thank you for joining me on the podcast. You got it, Tim. No problem. I appreciate you having me on. Certainly. Well, we're going to start here. You grew up in Tallahassee. You spend time there in the offseason with your family, and that's how you and I connected, thanks to our mutual friend, Tallahassee Democrat sports editor, Jim Henry. And, you know, before we get into baseball, Jim told me something interesting about you, that you did a polar plunge for charity, and you've kind of worked it into your routine. Uh, how does that work? Uh, yeah, yeah, Jim, Jim's giving away all my secrets. Um, I don't know. It's one of those things I just, uh, you know, keep seeing how many benefits there are uh, on the daily, uh, for, for getting into kind of a, kind of a cold plunge, um, atmosphere for, you know, two, two to five minutes a day. And I try to stay on top of that. And, uh, it started with some cold showers and kind of turned into just the winter time here, uh, hopping in my pool. Uh, but I think I got Jim on board. So I'm going to see, see how it's going for him, uh, this week. He said he hit the cold shower and it woke him up pretty good. So, uh, I, I told him my, my pool only gets to about 50. So that's, um, you know, it's no, it's not like some of these people that are doing like 32, 35, 37 degrees, um, you know, cold tubs that they have. Mine's just hopping in my pool, uh, every morning to kind of, uh, get my, get me started, but it's going well. I enjoy it. It gives me energy, wakes me up and kind of a, a nice refresher to start my day. Do you feel, uh, you know, do you feel better? Does it make joints, back, aches and pains? You know, we were talking before the podcast, you and I were two months apart in age. So, you know, you're, you're going to be 46 here soon. I just turned that. And our compatriot, Tom Brady, is going to be 46 later this year. So you probably find him amazing. But, uh, you know, h- how does that do for the aches and pains and things? Yeah, I wish I, I wish my body looked like Tom. <laughs> I'm sure it probably feels better than, than ours because he's still active. But, um, yeah, it just gives the circulation a good, a good boost to the day. I feel like it really fires me up to start my workout in the morning. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in the process of, of looking into maybe, uh, infrared sauna, 
type thing to do as well. I've heard there's a lot of benefits from that stuff. So just trying to continue to take care of my body and, and listen to my body and, and do as best I can um, to, to take care of it. There you go. Well, let, let's start talking some baseball then. And we'll, we'll start here being that you're in Tallahassee. You played one year for the Florida Gators. As an Auburn Tiger, you hit a home run that eliminated the Seminoles from the playoffs. So uh, how are you welcome there in Tallahassee? <laughs> they treat me pretty good here. I mean, <laughs> um, you know, the hometown boy, and I, I've, I've got to be on the big stage a lot and uh, still in, in the highest level of baseball and being a manager um, yeah, I think it's still, uh, seen with a real positivity around here. I, I, would, I definitely hear stories of that people still tell me about that home run I hit at Auburn and, uh, going to Florida and, you know, I've got some Gator friends too, so they back me up here and there, but, um, you know, I, I, I grew up watching FSU. My high school was on the, the campus of Florida state. Um, you know, link chair, my former high school teammate is now the head coach at Florida state. Happy for him. Um, there's a good history of, of, of baseball that's come out of my high school. Uh, Jim's son, Brian's now the head coach of TCC, the community college here in our hometown. So um, a lot of good baseball guys here, a lot of good memories here. And, and some of those uh, happened. I loved Auburn. Uh, that was a really, really special place for me. And um, that moment was, was really big for me and, and my career. And, um, you know, that I did it in my hometown it was really neat and cool and, uh, some people still give me a hard time, but I think it's all in fun. <laughs> I'm sure it is. Well, you know, when you were down in Florida, you and I, we missed each other uh, by one year in that I worked for the Independent Florida Alligator, the student paper there, and I started covering the baseball team in 99. So I missed you by oh, one wow. season, but that 98 season, and I was a student there from 95 to 2000, and that 98 season when they were playing in the College World Series, you guys had such a, an incredible team. You had major leaguers like Brad Wilkerson, Josh Fogg, Mark Ellis, you. I mean, I could go on and on, and you played for a great one in Andy Lopez. What do you remember about those years playing for that team? Well, you said it. Uh, you know, all the, the names you said, uh, Wilkie and, and Fogg and uh, Jason Dill, Matt Siegel, who I still keep in touch with. I'll hook up with him when I get out to Arizona. Um, you know, uh, we, Ty Martin, we had uh, the, our best players were uh, Derek Nicholson and Casey Smith. They both raked. Uh, Greg Calanote got drafted, center fielder. Uh, keep in touch with him every once in a while. Uh, you know, Matt McClendon, high round pick. I mean, we were loaded. First, won the SEC, um, number one seed going to College World Series and uh, went extra innings with uh, Mississippi State and the team that ended up winning, I think, uh, USC that year won it all. We took them to extra innings. Um, yeah, really good team, a close knit group, um, just a fun, fun baseball atmosphere there florida how good we were the way the fans support the team there jeff cordozo uh still there doing broadcasting uh he's a good friend of mine um i don't know man just um it was it was we were a really talented group but andy had been on the big stage at one of college world series at pepperdine uh, you know come to florida and just uh, one of the better coaches i've ever had um just pushing you to be your best whether you a guy like Brad Wilkerson, who was one of the best players in, in college baseball, uh, or a guy like myself who had just come over and uh, knew how to get the most out of me. So uh, that was a really, really fun year, and I got a lot of memories. Back-to-back college boards, I got to go to Auburn the year before with t- like of Tim Hudson and some of those guys that were on that team. Uh, Brian Hebson, some guys got drafted. So, um, yeah, I got my college experience in baseball world was, was a lot of fun. Uh, and 
probably some of my best memories. Yeah, Wilkerson, he was a low-key guy, but I used to see him when I was covering spring training. He was on the Expos, and then when they became the Nationals, and we'd stay in the clubhouse. They'd roll a giant TV into the clubhouse so we could watch the, the tournament, and uh, he and I would watch Florida games together back when they were winning titles, so that was always fun, too. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, you were you were drafted by the, the Dodgers a couple of times, first in 95, then in 98, and that's when you left as, as a seventh rounder, I believe. And you finally make your debut in 2002, and you hit your first home run in a blowout against first baseman Mark Grace, who was pitching. So Grace, of course, being a Cubs great of more than a decade, have you ever had a chance to catch up with him about your first home run and how you hit it off of him when he was an Arizona Diamondback? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We we go way back. He he spoke really uh highly of me when he was in the broadcast booth there after always called me the best hitter on any of the teams <laughs> that I played on, which was definitely not the case. Um and now he does some stuff for our, the T V network in Chicago. I just saw him at Cubs Convention. Um, a really, really great guy who's been um really good about, you know, interacting with the media and, and you know, playing up that home run and um you know, I'm super thankful that it, it was off him because it, it just gives such a great story and one that's unique to um, anybody. I, I, I think he's got a chance to go in the um, the Hall of Fame for the for the Cubs. And so I've always said, I, at least I can, well, I can say I, I hit my, my first home run off a Hall of Famer. We don't have to say that it was the first baseman. <laughs> so, um, yeah, good guy. We've definitely interacted a bunch. Yeah, I reach back in time and think as, as good a player as Chris Sabo was, I think that Mark Race deserved to be Rookie of the Year that year. But then again, I was a little biased. You know, we love Mark Race, Ryan Sandberg, and my ha- household, Rick Sutcliffe, Sean Dunstan. The, those late 80s teams, they were so much fun in Chicago. But, you know, you got to spend the end of your ca- career in Chicago, but you also played in L.A., Pittsburgh, San Diego, Cincinnati, Atlanta, and Boston a couple of times. So did you have a favorite spot or two, whether it be the city, the ballpark, or anything like that? Man, I think everywhere is unique. Right? My my first memories in LA just were so. Uh, I got to play with like the manager there was my teammate Dave Roberts, Alex Cora, um, Sean Green, Robin Ventura, Paul LaDuca, Kevin Brown. A lot of these guys that influenced my careers in a, in a great way and, and became future managers. Um, I ended up I was talking baseball on the bench with them and learning a lot from them. So um, there there's a, a, a close connection there with LA and then bouncing around a little bit and some of the, some of the paths that my career took and um, being a backup and trying to stick Cincinnati had some great years there. Um, some fun in San Diego. Uh, I think, you know, obviously the two world series stand out in, in Boston and Chicago, really special places, but I grew up a Braves fan and being able to play with Bobby Cox and alongside or for Bobby Cox and alongside Chipper Jones and, um, Glenn Hubbard was my first base coach, Eddie Perez, our bullpen coach, just, um, a lot of those got Terry Pendleton, like these guys were my coaches and I grew up watching them play and, and, um, rooting for those guys and, and some of my best teammates, Brian McCann, Eric O'Flaherty, Tim Hudson, we reunited there in Atlanta, um, as professionals, just really fun time. Let's go on one of the more fun teams I've ever played on probably a couple of years there in Atlanta, uh, was a special time for me and, uh, being uh, uh, growing up in in Tallahassee and and TBS, you couldn't help but be a Braves fan, kind of like the, the everybody else for WGM in, in Chicago. So um, everywhere is unique. I love Boston, obviously Green Monster, the history there, and and Chicago is is my home now and a special special place. 
uh, for me and, and kind of catapulted my career to the next level after I left there. So, and retired, um, that, that city's treated me great. And now I'm the manager, obviously, and, and trying to, trying to win, bring back another world series. So, um, I like each spot uniquely with how it affect me, but, um, I think the, the world series spots and playing for Atlanta are probably the, my, my three favorite. Yeah, if you're ever wondering, your photo on Wicked or on a baseball reference is you in a Braves hat. So, uh, you know, just yeah, a right. little piece right. of useless trivia for you if you ever look that up. Um, you know, and I'm glad you mentioned TBS and WGN because a lot of people who you know watch baseball in the '80s, those were the two teams you gravitated to because those were the super stations. Those were the teams that were on, and you know that's really how I, you know, my dad and I became fans here in Florida. And so, you know, we'd watch the 220 games before the Cubs got, you know, the lights at Wrigley Field. And that's kind of how my dad and I bonded. And, and if I get a little emotional here, I, I apologize. But in 2003, he, uh, my dad had cancer. So his last memory of the Cubs was the Steve Bartman series. And then he passed away shortly after that. But in 2016, when I was standing there watching you guys win the World Series at about 1245 in the morning on November 3rd, all I could think about was him standing there with me. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you hear a lot of stories about that. You know, what what's it like that you broke a curse and you hear from these people who their parents, their grandparents, their great-grandparents were Cubs fans, and you guys delivered something to them that I can't even describe, so I'll let you try and do it. Yeah, yeah. well, I appreciate you sharing that story with me. And, and honestly, Tim, like, my favorite thing about that is people coming up and telling their stories, their history, where they were, what they were thinking, who they were thinking about, whether they were watching it with their dad or grandpa, or, you know, they were thinking about them as they have passed away um, in, in the case of your situation. So um, hearing that emotion, hearing how much you you heard um, and these people, you affected their lives and brought back great memories of them watching games with their parents or grandparents and um, rushing home. I remember going to the White House uh, and um, Barack Obama, we all know, was a really big White Sox fan being from Chicago. But um, Michelle came in the room before we went uh, to, to meet the press and told a story about rushing home uh, from school to watch Cubs games with her dad. And she got emotional and, and teared up and, and told us um, how much that meant to her and how she was rooting for us and as she watched it. So, um, you know, it's, it's those types of stories um, that really – bring back the great memories and make it so special for us. I mean, we have, when you hear stories, you go back to where you were when they talk about, you know, the home run I hit or what they were doing. And so it takes me back to my thought process and it just starts a great conversation and talking about, you know, that moment that we all shared together and what a special um, world series that was a great game back and forth with Cleveland um, just a, a crazy, crazy night, a crazy series just in general, us coming back from down three, one, um, it just, you know, brings back great memories and that's what it's all about. That's what we're doing in life, right? We're creating great memories, trying to make history, uh, create history, these stories that we have, and those will never go away. So it's just, it's always special when you hear it from fans and they tell you their story. Um, everybody starts it like, like you do. They always started like, this probably doesn't mean anything to you. And it, it means so much. Um, when you get to hear people's real stories, their real thoughts in the moment and, and how emotional and connected they were to, to those uh, of us playing. I appreciate that, David. And, you know, I was looking back, I took photos of the television after they won the World Series and some selfies with the celebration behind me. And I also, I have about a minute and a half clip, and it was actually with you. They showed you were watching the last out, your head goes from 
you know, left to right or right to left, I guess, depending on the juxtaposition. But then you hopped over the the railing bar to take off after your teammates. Uh, was that a little daunting? Should you have gone around the bar? <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, yeah, nobody's brought that up in a while. My um, what they have right there was kind of like uh, like a high end, you know, fencing. What you know, like a chicken wire type. Um, type pattern in this screen that was at the bottom of that fence my spike i wanted to go push off of and throw my leg over and my spike got caught so it looked like i was 900 years old trying to get over that fence it, it didn't it didn't hurt at all nothing bothered me but um if i would have kept going i'd have fell right on my face so i'm glad i didn't do that because the the whole world was watching but yeah you know next time if, if we celebrate if i get to celebrate here soon as a manager and us winning i'll definitely go around yeah, and it was so cool because after that, you know, you guys became such a lovable group and you you really hit the mainstream after that. And then you, you get to do Dancing with the Stars. And I've interviewed some people that have done that before and they talk about how physically taxing that was. So what was it like? Did you have to train more than you did for baseball to learn how to dance? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that was one of the hardest. That was another job. I, I didn't realize. I thought it was going to be for fun. and. Um, it definitely was a great life experience, but it was a lot of hard work. You know, I think we started the lightest day I had was like a seven hour day of, of just dancing and, um, you know, the travel involved, I was going back and forth to LA to try to be dad. And that's why I was retiring to go home and be closer and more involved with my kids' lives and trying to, you know, be the best dad I possibly could be. So, um, there was a lot of travel involved, a lot of, a lot of hard workouts, but, um, it was a lot of fun too. Great life experience. My partner was amazing. Uh, our cameraman that follows around was amazing. Uh, big, big, he was a big giant fan. So we used to go back and forth <laughs> about different things. It was, a it was a fun, fun team, uh, fun time. And, um, you know, I've, I've got some good memories from that too, but definitely a lot of, a lot of stress, more stress than playing baseball. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, you mentioned the giants. I actually, I live probably just a few miles from where Bruce Bochy played uh, college baseball, high school baseball. And so, you know, we love Bruce and his three world series championships here in Melbourne, Florida, but, um, so, you know, y you retire and you get into ESPN, you do dancing with the stars, but then the Cubs manager position comes open. Like, how did you go up? Did you approach them? Did they approach you? You know, talk about that process of becoming, you know, the manager of the team that you had just helped win the world series just a few years before. Yeah, I think, um, you know, as a special assistant in those, those three years I was retired and being in the trade discussions, being in um, the trade deadline, the draft, um, talking to scouts, going to scouting, just doing a lot of, um, you know, wearing a lot of different hats and learning all about that. And then, you know, when Theo Epstein calls and asks you to interview for the managerial job for Chicago Cubs, I, I don't know anybody that's going to turn that down. Um, and I definitely wasn't about to do that. I, I was, really excited. I was really, you know, nervous, but just going to go in and, and just be me. And so, you know, not knowing, I, I thought about, I think you, when you play, you think about managing, you think about, um, what you would do if it was yours, but until you get to interview and have people ask you questions of what you believe, I don't know that I'd ever said them out loud multiple times. And, um, that I will never forget that first day, just continue to, repeat the things that I was passionate about, the things that I thought winning was all about, um, what I thought, um, you know, this team needed and, and this organization, how special it was. And, 
um, you know, then I got a callback interview and was even more daunting and more planning. And I just going through the whole process. I remember the last day just thinking going into it. I don't know that I was, you know, expecting to get it. And when I was done, I was going to be really upset if I didn't get it. Cause I, I had, it sparked something in me that I didn't know was really there. Um, and you know, thank goodness that, uh, they thought I was the guy for the job and, um, where I'm on my way to, to getting us back to the world series, the postseason, the world series and a championship. That's my goal. And that's what we're going to talk about next is you've got pitchers and catchers reporting here in just what, about two weeks or so. Uh, when do you head back out to Arizona and, uh, you know, give us a little glimpse at the 2023 Chicago Cubs. Yeah, uh, I'll head out there, uh, the 11th, uh, it's right around the corner. Um, you know, my, my mind tells me I need to get out there eight as soon as possible, but I've got daddy daughter dance, my seven year old coming up and I, I, I never missed that. So I'm super excited about getting out there on the 11th. We kick it off, uh, 14th, 15th, everybody starts rolling in, getting their physicals, um, pitchers and catchers. You know, I think the moves we made this off season were extremely, um, you know, we had a lot of holes to fill and going out and getting a Dansby Swanson, um, boost our uh, talent level, uh, extremely high at shortstop, being able to move Nico over to second. Uh, we're going to have gold glove up the middle, Cody Bellinger in center field. Um, we're going to be elite, elite up the middle. Uh, I love our outfielder with Cody in center. Say Suzuki, um, was hurt a lot last year, but really came into his own, getting to know the league and the culture. Uh, I think he's going to have a big year for us. Ian Hat coming off a, a all-star season, uh, gold glove and left, um, you know, real leader, middle order back for us. He's done a really nice job of just being a well-rounded player, very consistent last year and, and somebody we're going to lean on. Uh, Trey Mancini and Eric Hosmer, you know, kind of platooning a little bit at first base, uh, DH, uh, flipping those guys in and out. Um, we got Patrick wisdom. Um, we've got, um, uh, some guys that'll, that'll compete for that third page job. Christopher Morrell, a young, young man that, uh, really put himself on the map last year. Nick Madrigal, uh, will have a chance to find, win a spot somewhere. Um, and Jan Gomes and Tucker Barnhart behind the plate. And then, you know, our, our pitch staff, we got added Jameson Tyon, a nice addition to, to add to Stroh and a uh, young man, Justin Steele from Alabama. Um, big arm, had a really nice season last year. Got Drew Smiley back, a veteran. We got a, a trade for Hayden Wisniewski and uh, Adrian Sampson will compete for that fifth, fifth spot. Um, Keegan Thompson, Albert Azalea in the pen, uh, Brandon Hughes, the lefty, put himself on the mat last year. I mean, we've got some guys added, uh, Brad Boxberger, um, you know, that, um, I don't want to miss anybody, but that sounds like, uh, the guys that are, are going to shape out our, our group and some guys who got a chance to win some, some role spots. And, um, I think we're going to be good. I think we're going to be, uh, exciting team to watch. I love the athleticism we have at the middle and especially with the ship being gone and, We've added some speed, and uh, we got really good baseball players, high IQ, uh, great character guys that are going to come in and work hard and compete every single day. Uh, I can't wait to get out to spring training and start this journey. 
Yeah, spring training is definitely one of my favorite times of the season. You know, I, I'm sad that the Washington Nationals left uh, their spring training home in Vieira, where they were for about 15 years. They're now down in South Florida. But, you know, I'll be watching the Cubs. I'll be, you know, watching you take this team to the next level. And please try and beat the Cardinals because I was having, you know, I'm here in Jacksonville at the Times Union and the kicker for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's a, a big St. Louis Cardinals fan. So I was giving him a little grief about that, but he also gave it back to me. So I, I need you guys to overtake the Cardinals. Cardinals this year. <laughs> We're going to give it our best. They're the one. They're on top right now. They won the division last year and, um, we're, we're gunning for that spot. So, uh, we're going to give it our all. You can, you can be assured, sure to that. All righty. Well, David, I can't thank you enough. You've been super generous with your time. I could sit here and talk baseball with you all day, but I know you've got many other things to do. So David, I just, again, I, I can't appreciate how much your being here means, you know, uh, I love being able to sit here and talk about the Chicago Cubs and, you know, I wish nothing but success for you and, and the, the team this year and, you know, great things for you and your family and, and, you know, a wonderful future. As I said, we're roughly the same age. We both still got a long ways to go and we can do a lot of great things in this life, David. So thank you very much. I appreciate all that, Tim. You have a great day, man. I appreciate you having me on. All right. Thank you. And that will do it for this episode of the State of Florida Sports Podcast. And to quote the legendary Cubs announcer Harry Carey, I've only been doing this 54 years. With a little experience, I might get better. Me too, Harry. Me too. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time. Yeah.